Hallo jullie. Dit is voor ons een voorrecht om hier bij jullie te wees voor ogen. Um, to be here together. And uh, just to, for you to know to what we sing in another language. Uh, Pekka Genu is, is sin. Um, and uh, in Portuguese. That's the language we need to speak in Brazil. We don't get away with English. We need to speak Portuguese. And then what we sing is, don't matter the size of the sin, it does not belong in our heart. And then another uh, thing, amor is love, um, and that doesn't matter the size, that is belong to, uh, in, in our hearts. And the other thing that uh, we also sing is uh, sabao is soap. Soap can wash away, uh, can wash your, your, your face and your hands and your feet, but we need Jesus' blood to wash our sins away. And the thing that, uh, the little verse that they need to sing is, um, we can't hide our sin away. We need to bring it to Jesus so that he can set us free. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, the other times when we are going to churches, it is usually very conservative churches where there's no microphones, you know. And where the people sits very stiff and so. So uh, uh, they're not used to singing with mics a lot. So it sounds funny to them when they hear themselves. But in any case, dear beloved people, uh, you must understand that we are used to be from Uppington. And then we moved to the Namakwaland, you know, and, uh, and then we moved to the Amazon. So my English never got better in the process because from the Northern Cape... We went to the West Coast, and then we went to the Amazon. So my Portuguese improved, but my English got worse. So you must really excuse me for my incredible English that I was well used today. I think you gathered already that my wife's English, you know, is also not the best that there is. <laughs> but I still love her anyway. <laughs> so... Um, I, 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 I think my time only starts now, ne, Werner? They said I've got 35 minutes. So I have to respect that. I think it actually started when we started. But yeah, the, the message bearer has got 35 minutes, I think. So let's start. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say something in short for who, who we work for. We work for an organization called WEC, Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, the WEC, Worldwide Evangelization for Christus. So uh, uh, we work for them. It's an organization that has been found in 1924. That is the year before the Comrades Marathon started, 1925. So um, it was started by a wonderful man. His name was C.T. Studd. I don't know if you've ever heard of City Stud. He was a cricketer for England, and he was a pioneer for the Lord Jesus. He got saved under the ministry of D.L. Moody. Have you ever heard of D.L. Moody? Yes, yes, I think so. If you haven't heard of them, go on the internet. It's called Google, you know, easy, and you find out about them. I don't know, who of you know what the meaning of Google is? If you, if you make a one, and you make... One million zeros, you know, behind that, that is called Google. Okay, so I don't know uh, 
how many zeros it is. I've never counted it, it's one Google, zeros. But in any case, <clears throat> you just go on Google. But before we go, the reason why I'm mentioning Google is because I want to start with this. Before we go on, please remind me at the end of my service. Those of you that's got your cell phones, go to the internet, go to Google, and type in there, uh, the human counter, of just human counter, okay? And then the first result will be world population clock, am I right? Do you have that? The first result, then you open that. Then you will see current world population is, can you just say for me that I know you're on the same page? 7.665 billion, okay? Wonderful. So then it says there today. And then you find there births today. 157, no, 157,100 and counting births today. And then you will find deaths today, okay? 65,960 and counting today. Today, 60. Thousand people has died already since we've waked up. I don't know when they start to count, maybe from midnight, I don't know. But it is already 60,000 people that has died today. Okay? So just bear that in mind. Google is incredible. You find things like that on the internet. But yeah, so. WIC is a worldwide evangelization organization, missionary organization, and the, the Liesa. What is a Liesa? Motto. No, it's not a motto. The Liesa. Slogan. Thank you very much. The slogan of our mission organization is reaching the unreached and planting churches. Okay. But reaching the unreached is what we do. Now, um, this man, C.T. Stott, got saved under the influence of D.L. Moody, under the ministry of D.L. Moody. And then, you know what? It's always incredible for me if you read these revivalists' stories uh, uh, and history about them. They are all connected, you know? So, and you know with whom he went to work with, the C.T. Stott? He went to work with Hudson Taylor. Incredible. You know Hudson Taylor, he, he was China Inland Missions founder, you know, Hudson Taylor. For five years he worked with him, and then after that he went and he played a test for England again, cricket. And then he said to England, no, I'm finished. I'm finished uh, playing cricket. I am doing the work of the Lord. And then he came to Africa where he ministered. He was the famous person. I don't know if you've ever heard about the famous poem called The Chocolate Soldier. Have you ever heard of that, that poem? The most incredible poem ever written to, for me, and it was one of the most well-known poems. Go and search that on the internet called Google. The Chocolate Soldier. Then you'll find a poem written by C.T. Stutt. A wonderful man. He led a lot of souls to the Lord Jesus. And um, so I work for that organization, and uh, yes, uh, we have got a responsibility, not only if you are a missionary, uh, if you are just a normal born-again Christian. If you're a born-again believer, you are 
enrolled on the work list of workers for the Lord. The moment you get born again, you know, you are handed, uh, I almost said a spade. What is a spawn for a boot? A call. Or, or call. How are you? Or. So you, the moment you are saved, you are handed the or. Ne? You know, that was, that was John Wesley had a dream. And he dreamt that he was in a big ship and the ship was busy sinking. And uh, the captain of the ship gave him a lifeboat and an oar. Oar is like gold also. Is that another oar? I know my English is a biggie. You Google it. I, I'm just joking, Brother Paul. So, so this captain of this boat, the ship handed him an oar and a lifeboat. And he said to him, to John Wesley, he said, save as many as you can. It was a dream that John Wesley had. And that is something we are handed also the day that we get born again. As we are handed an oar. We are not only responsible for our own bottoms. We are responsible for a lot of other bottoms. To save from hell. Okay. So we have got a huge responsibility. You can see from the first sermon of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is in Matthew 4, I think it's verse 17, if I'm not mistaken. He says in Afrikaans, Bekeer jylle, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Bekeer jylle, want die koninkryk van die hemel het nabij gekom. His first words that has been, uh, yeah, the first words that was, was written down that he spoke about, ne? So, <clears throat> that was the first words that Jesus preached. That was before he even called some of his disciples. You know, he said, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And throughout his ministry, he preached that. He was bringing the gospel. He was uh, going about to save souls. And he also ordered his disciples and all the born-again believers that they also must be the salt. You know, Matthew 5, verse 13, the Sermon on the Mount, the most preached sermon ever. You know, even by us today, we use that sermon a lot. You know, Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon of Jesus Christ himself, where he preached. He said, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its saveth, saver, sorry my English, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. That light is very sharp. A city that is built upon a hill cannot be hid. Neither do a man light a candle and put it under a bushel, that is a emmer, but he puts it on the table and it gives light to everyone that is in the house. Then he says, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father which art in heaven. You know, we, we stayed in Strandfontein there on the West Coast for a while. And uh, <clears throat> there's a little town uh, 30 kilometers from Strandfontein. Around about 30 kilometers from Strandfontein. It's called Lutzville. Lutzville, okay. Lutzville, but several. But Lutzville 
it's 30 kilometers and just outside of Lutzville there's a little uh, yevelki um, uphill you know and the moment you get on top of that uphill you see a bright light every now and then not all the time every now and then now that light is a lighthouse enduring by enduring by that is five kilometers further from Strandfontein on the coast it's all together 34 kilometers from that specific point where you get on top of that Yevelki. 34 kilometers you see that lighthouse's light coming around every now and then woof, woof. A bright light we must let our light shine in this dark world and it doesn't matter how dark it is at night that light still shines in fact the darker it is the brighter the light is you know and you know we live in a time and age where it is darker than ever before but why do i say that spiritually now because jesus himself said Daar sal meer genade wees oor Sodom en Gomorra as oor hierdie generasie. Nee, I don't know how to say that in English. But you understand what I'm saying. There will be more mercy or more grace for Sodom and Gomorra than for this generation. Because we live in a darker day and age than in Noah's time and in, than in the time of Noah, ach, in Sodom and Gomorra. It is very dark. But it is now the most fruitful time where we can shine the brightest. You know, and Rihanna sings it, but she sings it for the world. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. Nee, have you heard that song? I think it's Rihanna. But we need to shine bright, people. For the Lord Jesus Christ, because we live in a dark time, day and age. So we work for this mission organization called WIC. And um, we are in the Amazon rainforest. I'm going to show you a few photos before, before I carry on with my little message. So that, the previous photo. <laughs> the previous photo. Okay, it's gone now. I think they erased it. Okay, there it is again. So that was a small apartment that we stayed in 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 a, in a city called Belo Horizonte, uh, beautiful horizons, if you wanted to know. So it is a, uh, it's a city where we studied the language Portuguese. So now we are speaking Portuguese. We're not born Portuguese. We are just born South Africaners that had to learn Portuguese, you know. So um, we learned the language there for one year and three months. We were in that city. And uh, uh, it's a very, very, very big city. And... Um, we got to know the language. My children was, the, the organization said we have to put the children in school so that they can also uh, learn Portuguese. But uh, we do homeschooling with them now. But in any case, and then from there, after we, we studied the language Portuguese, we moved to the Amazon uh, uh, state. Uh, is it state? Yeah, state. The Amazon state where we now stay permanently. You can go to the next photo. Um, that, is, that is the girls' room in our house. Uh, I, I put this photo up just for you to see that we sleep with mosquito nets every night. And it's, only, it's not only for mosquitoes, mind you. It is also for rats and for uh, tarantulas and so on. One night, me and my wife were sleeping and the children also in their little rooms. And uh, 
something bit me on my toe. Because my toe was pushing against the mosquito net. Something horrible bit me on my toe. And I said, ah, Lizzie, something bit me. She said, you're just dreaming. Sleep on, you know. So I said, whatever, you know. And the next moment, that same horrible thing bit her on her toe. So she said, Livy, something but me. I said, no, you're dreaming. Sleep on. <laughs> and then I was a big, big scared, you know, and I pulled my legs up, but my head was pressing against uh, the mosquito net this side. And that same horrible thing bit me on my head, you know, on my little blessing. That's why I'm, I'm doing my hair like this, because you cannot see my blessing. But so it bit me on my blessing here. And then I said, let's do something about whatever this is. And I got out of bed and I uh, put the light on and closed the door of the room. And it was a big rat. And he was hiding inside of one of our backpacks. So I killed it. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of rats, raccoons. Uh, uh, what is a mice? It's a, a possums, possums. There's a lot of possums that also gets into the house and, uh, and so on and so forth. So, <clears throat> yeah. We sleep for a reason with mosquito nets. Go on. That is the children's little homeschooling room where my wife helps them and gives them homeschooling. Okay, come on. That is our little dog. This is a boxer dog. His name is Royas. You know Royas? I don't know if you've ever seen, seen the story Blickies, Davi, Royas, and Busman, die brak, brak and Trompi. Nee. So we didn't call him Busman, and uh, we called him Royas. But in any case, he's wonderful. He's our little dog and he's there at the moment. He's living with the Indian tribe in the forest. They're looking after him and he's still fine. We get a report back from one of the missionaries there now and then and he is still fine. Go on. So that little picture I took, that is four of the uh, uh, um, civilized, in the town that we stay in, there is 23 different ethnical groups, okay? Um, and all four of these guys are of different ethnical groups. The guy next to me is a Baniwa Indian. The one next to him is a Bare Indian. The one next to him is a Tukanu Indian. And the one next to him is a Werekena Indian. But I wanted to show you this picture. I'm not a very tall South African man. I'm just middle martig, you know. But even though I'm just a middle martig okay, uh, I am taller than everyone else there. They are very short people. In fact, there's even tribes that is even more shorter than them. The, the Dao people, it is a little tribe that we also work with and uh, see very often. The, the whole of the tribe is shorter than my oldest daughter, literally. Very short people. Um, so, yeah, if Paul goes there, he will be, you know, probably a monster. Because he's, very, he's even taller than me. And I don't know, there's, an, there's another guy that is always here. He's probably at the toy run today. He's even taller than Paul. But in any case, so there, the people is very short. These four guys that are standing with me are four Indian, uh, Amazonian Indian pastors themselves. They are part of civilized Indian groups that has been founded and uh, that has been made contact with years and years ago. And uh, they are already schooled themselves and they are pastors. They're just friends of mine in the town that we live, Sao Gabriel da Cachoeira. And, um, but they work with their own people. That is people that we know and we get in contact with them. We meet them on uh, probably a weekly basis and it's friends of us, but we don't work with them. 
We work with other people. We work with people that is more isolated. Next photo, please. So that is called maniwara. It is a termite that is about as big as the two first parts of your pinky. And uh, the people, when they give it to you to eat, they say it tastes like popcorn, don't worry. And then when you taste it, you say you've never watched the movie. So because you don't know how popcorn tastes. But it is, it is as crackling as popcorn, I have to say. So you can go on, thanks. That is a tarantula that used to be my son's pet. One of his pets, he's, he's had a lot of spider pets and that was one of them. He also had a, and that is things that we call, we catch in the wild. I mean, it's not from a pet shop. So uh, snakes and tarantulas, there's more than enough of them. Go on, please. That's a funny hochaiki. Go on, please. That was a little, I think it's a boa constrictor snake. Uh, the, 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 it was a tribe that I visited. The children played around with it, binded the little ropey around its neck, played with it, and after they played with it, they take, took it to mommy to fix a lacquer poiki course. Wonderful. So they don't waste their toys. They use it if it's broken. <laughs> you can go on. That is the most venomous spider in the world. I'm not going to speak a lot about it. You can go and look on the internet if you want to. It's called the Brazilian wandering spider or the banana tree spider. And uh, it's very venomous. The reason why it hasn't killed the most people, like other spiders we know about, the black widow or so on, is because it's very big. And it always does this funny act when it's angry. So then you see it's dangerous and then you don't touch it. So the, a little black widow spider is very small. You don't see it. It bites you underneath your seat and so on. But this thing is always uh, out and about, uh, and you luckily see it. We have seen thousands and thousands, and killed thousands. It's not my son's pet, though. You can go on. So that is a little reptile called a kalangu. It's family of the iguana. And yeah, my son catches it, and he plays with everything he is, uh, he is probably going to be a biologist or a veterinary. No, not vet, yeah? Veter, veterinary, yeah. Not a vegetarian. Veterinary. <laughs> that, is a, that is a caiman. It is a family of the crocodile, as you can see. And, uh, uh, but it's not a crocodile and it's not an alligator. It's called a caiman or a jacare. And uh, so, yeah, we, we ate it. Lovely. So, yeah, it's lacquer. We don't have scarpa there, so we eat crocodiles. That, that specific poiki there is, uh, luckily we do get curry, you know. And so you just put curry in soap and you can eat everything. You know, so that is, that is armadillo. That was an armadillo stew. Lovely, lovely, very, very lovely. It's probably some of the things that taste the closest to goat. I don't know if you've ever eaten goat. You can go. <laughs> that is a wild boar. And uh, uh, so we eat it a lot. You know, the one day I, I went and I visited the village. Uh, the village is called Ayari. It's about 97 people. And I got there at the village. And, uh, and usually when you get at the village, they, they want to give you something to welcome you. If, 
if they want to welcome you, you know. So when, when, they feel, when they don't feel offended and so on, they welcome you with something to eat most of the time. So I got to that village, and this guy came to me with, with, a, with a, a bum, uh, what is it, a boat uh, of, a, of a wild boar. It's called a javali uh, 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 in Portuguese. So he came with a javali bottom. What is it called? Leg, leg, leg of javali, leg of lamb. We in Afrikaans we are rude. We say scar boat. Yet scar boat. You cannot say we ate the sheep bottom. Sheep's bottom for Sunday afternoon. But in any case, so this this guy gave me a a pork bottom. And uh, but they say if if you are uh, clever, you know, you have to know that if you ever eat by a tribe where there's not refrigerators and so on. You don't eat food cold. You know, you have to eat it warm, okay? So it was cold. And, uh, but we had to eat it. We had to eat it. But in any case, so it didn't taste bad. I, I will not be offensive, but it didn't taste good as well. But yeah, so you have to eat it because everyone looks at you. No one is eating now. Everyone is always hungry in the forest. But so everyone looks at you how you eat. So yeah, I ate... I, I ate a lot of other times of that, but that specific day, it was the diffi most difficult day I ate uh, boar bottom. So um, uh, the one day, the other thing, other, other weird thing that happened when I got to a tribe was they gave me a banana. It's called banana compridu. Compridu just means extended or big or humongous. So it's a specific banana. It's very big. It's very thick. And... Um, so I got there, and the only thing they had to give to me, to welcome me, was this banana compris, but it was off already. It was good enough for pisang brood, but it was not good enough to eat raw. But, uh, uh, but in any case, everyone was hungry. The whole time, and all the little children were sitting there in front of me. Usually the children come and they sit here and look at you, you know, because you're funny and you're weird and you look different than them. And uh, so all of them were sitting there, and this, you know, the Snoikis always flows like a river, seeing that we live next to the Amazon River. And then, so this banana that was off already looked exactly the same like the little children's noses. And then, but they expect from you to eat whatever you give to them, you know. So you sit and eat there uh, and imagine, you know, they have probably eaten and tasted as well. So in any case, but you don't give, if you give to the children and if you give to everyone, then they feel offended. You have to eat, you know, just to say that you accept them also. Okay, you can carry on. So yeah, there we catch a lot of fish. It's, day, it's part of everyday life. We eat a lot of fish. Go on, please. That is, uh, uh, that is where we set up camp. If, when we go to the villages, when we visit the villages from the little town that we live in, we usually go on a, on a little canoe that is about eight meters long and one meter wide uh, with an outboard motor of about 40, 40 horsepower because you don't take bigger engines because a lot of times there's rapids in the river and uh, we have to take off everything off the boat and, and drag the boat through the rapids and stuff and then we have to carry this big motor. So if you, if you want to have more power, you know, you're going to carry, you have to have more power to carry the boat's engine always. So we're 40 horsepower engine and then we, we, carry, we, we um, 
go up river for about three and a half days, depending how deep the river is. If, it's, if it has rained a lot, then it's easier. The rivers is more accessible because it's then deeper. But when it is lower, the rivers, it takes up to eight days sometimes to get to the tribe. So then every night, so you, from the morning early, you travel on the river up, 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 up. And then you, wherever you get to in the forest, you set up camp. You pitch up your uh, hammock very high. Because there is leopards and there is wild boar and stuff that, that uh, wanders around. And also the crocodiles comes to the, to the uh, oever van die rivier. The what bank, the bank of the river. They sleep on the banks of the river. So you just pitch up your uh, hammock very high. You don't sleep in tents because it's just too humid and too hot. So you don't sleep in tents. And the tent is attached to the floor, you know, so obviously. You don't want to be on the floor. Okay, carry on, please. Yeah, that is the that is the tribe where they gave me the wild boar bottom. Okay, you can carry on. So that is called a macaw. You know, those macaws, you see them very often, as much as you see chickens here. And uh, that macaw, that particular macaw, for a breeding pair in South Africa, you pay about 25,000 rand. But they, the Indians, just eat them for free. So it, it, they catch them in the little nests in the trees when they are very small, and then they bring them up, you know, and they're always, the pets of the Indians is a backup meal plan, really. So they will go on a hunt, and when they don't find wild boar or monkey or fish, then they go back home, and one of the uh, um, Pets will be sacrificed, you know, not as a sacrifice spiritually, but they sacrifice it for food. So uh, that really happens all the time. So that is, a, that is a pet, but that is probably now as I'm speaking, not a pet anymore. So that is a, that is a, a Indian village. That is how it looks like in the forest. It is in a, they build it in a, a, a circle and... Um, that is the guy on my right, uh, on your right hand side is Gabriel, and the other way is Kanide, uh, 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 is his name, and they, uh, they are my friends. The one on the right hand side is a missionary, the other guy is just a guy that goes with us. And um, so the guy on the right hand side has been a missionary with the Yanumami Indians for 14 years now. Now, just something interesting. <clears throat> when I met this guy the first time, this Gabriel guy on the right-hand side, when I met him the first time, I said to him, Hey, man, how long have you been a missionary with the Yanumamis? At that time, he was a missionary already with the Yanumamis for 10 years. So he said to, he said to me, 10 years. I said, wonderful, wonderful. Just, just teach me John 3, verse 16 in Yanumami. I want to learn that verse First off, you know, the first thing that I want to say in Yanomami, because we work only with the Yanomami Indians, the first words I want to say is John 3.16, you know. So he said, no, I cannot. So I said, well, you're a horrible missionary. How can you be a missionary with the Yanomami people and not be able to say John 3.16 in their language, you know? You know the language of my art already. And if you don't, you're a horrible missionary in it in that sense as well. So he said, no, I do know the language of my heart, but you won't understand. So he said, explain so that I can understand. And he said, no, for God is the first problem. 
in their language, sorry, in their language, there is, in their whole vocabulary, there's not a word God. There's not a word God in their vocabulary. There's not the word creator or a bigger figure than humans. You know, there's not a word for creator or God or someone bigger than me in their language. Their language. In our language, we have the word God. We grew up with it. We grew up with the word God. We grew up with the word Jesus. We grew up with the words uh, Holy Spirit. We know these words. We have heard the story of Adam and Eve thousands of times. We've heard the story of, of David and Goliath thousands of times. These people hasn't even heard the word God or Jesus. It doesn't even exist in their vocabulary for God. It's the first reason why he cannot say the verse John 3.16. The second problem is so loved, so loved. The only word, if you know Greek, you know, Greek, there's three words for love in Greek. It is uh, phileo and eros and agape, okay? So the, the only word for love in their language is eros love. Now, eros love is the three-letter word that ends with X and that is very lacquer. It's not a text chocolate. So if you're married... So, but that's the only word for love that exists in their language is the, the eros love, if you look at Greek. You understand? And it, in, in the Bible, in John 3, 16, it's not for God, eros love the world so much. It is for God, agape, godly love, perfect love, the world. So the, the only word for love they have is that word. So you cannot say for God, so eros loved. That's also the second barrier. That he gave his only begotten son so that everyone or whosoever believes in him, there's not a word for believe in their language, will not perish. What, is, what does that mean? Will not go to, to waste. No, no, no. Your English is wrong. Will not go to hell. Ne? That's a three-letter word. Will not go to hell, but... Have everlasting life. What does that mean? Go to heaven. Ne? But in their language, there's not a word for hell or for perish eternally. And there's not, a, there's not a concept or a word like eternal life, heaven. Because they believe in reincarnation. If you are a warrior in war and if you kill people, and uh, then you will be reincarnated into a jaguar or a leopard or into a crocodile, or into a monkey, or something big. But if you are a loser, and if you've never uh, killed someone in battle, then you will return as an ant. So that is what they believe. So there's not an everlasting life. So they, the only thing they worry about is to kill as much people as you can, if you're a man, uh, and to be a warrior, so that you can return as a strong animal. Okay, so in their concept... In their vocabulary, in their language, there is even barriers concerning the gospel. We, we grew up, we grow up, sorry, we grow up with stories, with a concept of having respect for someone or something that is bigger than me. You know what? They do see spirits. 
They do see spirits when they ever, whenever they use their drugs. They use a drug called parika. I'll show you now. And then they go into a trance and they see spirits. But these spirits, according to them, are weaker than humans. We humans is the biggest form of respect, or the biggest form of existence. We are the strongest. We are the most powerful. Everything submit to us, humans. Okay. So there is not even a concept of something bigger or larger than if you want to explain to them God, the, the, the first word that you will come up with is the word spirit in their language. But then they will say, oh, so your God is only one of the spirits that I've probably already killed. <laughs> because they do have war against them while whenever they are in their trances and they kill the spirits. You know, they believe they kill. You know what? The devil don't care if they believe that. The devil doesn't worry, doesn't mind what you believe. Just as long as you don't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the first and foremost. You understand? He doesn't care if you've got the most crooked gospel in your mind, the most crooked religion. He doesn't matter. He doesn't care if you, if you, you just have to not believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. So they believe in very horrible things. Go to the next photo, please. Now there we are praying for a blind man in the tribe. There was an Otani. So just something interesting. They don't, uh, this particular uh, village that we are now has been contacted the, f the first time 30 years ago. And uh, when we got to this specific tribe, the specific village, the, the uh, uh, chief of the village came up to us with his bow and arrows, three arrows. They always walk around. If they're a little bit offended, they walk with their bow. The bow is two meters long. And then their arrows is also exactly the same length as the bow. So they always walk around with three arrows and the bow. And then um, he came up to us and he said to us, what do you want here? What have you lost here? Whatever. And we said, no, we just want to stay with you guys for about three to five days, if it's fine with you. And he said, uh, what do you, why do you want to stay here with us? No, so we said, no, we want to meet you guys. And we want to speak about Jesus a little bit and so on. He said, oh, oh, okay. 30 years ago, we were contacted the first time. And there was a missionary here. And this missionary uh, stayed with us for a long time. And he... <clears throat> He learned the language in a couple of months, and then uh, he, he called a gathering, a meeting uh, uh, together with the whole tribe. And at that stage, my the, the chief now is speaking. I'm speaking in his place. So he said, my grandfather was the chief then. And then he organized with my grandfather a gathering with our, uh, our whole tribe. And then he spoke to us in our language because he learned it. And then he said to us, what we are doing is wrong. And the way we are worshiping is wrong. And who we are worshiping is wrong. And what we are doing to worship, because they use drugs, are wrong. And only Jesus is the answer. And then my grandfather killed him. And then I helped. He, now the chief that was now the chief, he said, then I helped to bury, bury, bury the hole in which he is now uh, situated. And he took us to a tree, a specific tree, and he said, well, under this tree was where we buried that 
missionary 30 years ago. So be ye warned. You are welcome to speak about Jesus, yeah? But you don't tell our people that what we are doing is wrong. And then he also told us about a Catholic priest that was there for a few years. And he said, whatever we do is all right. We just have to take Jesus and God and Maria with ever what we are worshiping. So um, that is wrong. We know that. But in any case, so yeah, that was at this specific tribe. Oh, what I wanted to say is they don't count. They don't, they don't have a, a sense of time or age or nothing. Only since 30 years ago. So people that is younger than 30, they can tell you I'm 30 years because the people has told them what is years and what. But the old people, you ask them how old are you, they just say a lot of days or a lot of moons or a lot of suns or a lot of sunrises. They also speak about sunrises. And uh, another thing that is also funny with these people, if you ask them, uh, a child that is younger than probably five years old, because they don't count in any case, so uh, you will say, what is this child saying? They say, no, it's just child. So you say, why is it just child? So you say, no, because he doesn't show, he, he doesn't show character yet. So whenever the child shows a specific character more than one time, you know, they will call him mislik or friendly or stout or whatever. So, but, but they wait until this child gets some kind of a character and then they will give him a name according to that. Okay? That's also Papagaikis. Go on, please. Man, old man making a, a bow. Next photo. Next photo. Next photo. Yeah. Also a pet that's probably not alive anymore. It's been taken to the pot. Go on, please. So this is, <clears throat> I'm almost finished. This is a photo where the Indians is having their ritual. Every single day, the men has got a ritual. Every single day. They don't go to church every Sunday, once a week. They go to church every single day. So only the men participate in their worship. And um, they gather every afternoon about 3, uh, 3, 3.30, uh, uh, half past 3. Then, uh, until sunset. Sunset, yeah. So then they use a drug called parika. Parika is made from uh, cocaine leaves. They take this cocaine leaves and they grind it and they dry it in the sun. Then they grind it until a fine, fine, fine powder. And they blow it into each other's noses with a, with a sacred pipe. So you don't have to sniff it with a stroiki. They just blow it into your nose. So uh, then they close the one and they open the other one like a grit and then... They blow it in the, and then they go on this horrible trance. And then they see the spirits. And then they, they fight. They grab a, a machete or an arrow or a bow. And they fight. And they see this creatures. You, I, I'm sitting with them. I'm not using this stuff. Okay? Don't mind. Don't, don't worry. But you, you cannot see what they see. But you can see that they see. Do you understand what I say? So, and then they are busy fighting here in the spiritual realm against what they have used. And then, um, and then they will start to chant. It's, in, it's funny, it looks like the haka, you know, of the old blacks. It's 
funny. Whatever they do. And then they start to speak in languages. Funny languages, not their language. But then they start to speak in foreign languages. For them it's foreign and for us also. And then they will come and they will uh, lead it out. Um, what is lead it out? No, 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 no. They will come and explain whatever the language that they were speaking Interpret, then they will interpret to the rest, you know. And this this uh, this trance that they are on is about 15 to 20 minutes, and then it's over. And then they will blow into each other's noses again. Next photo. So this photo I took. That is also where they worship together, the men. But this photo I took just to show you the bananas. Whenever someone die, they will get all the bananas in the area, and then they will. Put it up on that specific stake there, that stake, and then the bananas must all be ripe, or yellow, or black, because green is shows life, okay? But yellow and black means the bananas at the end of the of its life. So then the body will be uh, placed in a sacred place, and then when all the bananas is ripe, they will take the body and will burn it. On a, on a wooden stake, and then they will, the, 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 the body, the flesh, and the skin will become ash, but the bones is still bones, okay? And then they will grind the bones with, with rocks and take the ash and the bone meal powder, and they will mix it with this banana paste, and then the whole tribe have to eat it for them then to get the power of the dead person, okay? So that's interesting. And, and funny enough, you know, that, that is also maybe, I don't know yet, I haven't figured it out yet, but that is maybe a, a way on explaining to them, you know, the, the supper of the Lord, because they don't understand it. If you explain to them just, you know, but the, that is a way to explain to them the supper of the Lord. We haven't yet, because they're not, we, we're not there yet, but in future we could use it because they eat you know, the grinded bones of the dead person so that they can live. You know, and the Lord Jesus said, eat, this is my body, you know, that I gave for you. So people, that is, uh, um, that is just a uh, biggie about what we do there in the Amazon. Just tell me, Werner, how much time do I have left? It's finished. Okay, wonderful. I am finished. My time is up. I just want to say one thing. Only one life. It will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ shall last. A lot of people want to live within the sound of the church or the chapel bell. But I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. Now this is all excerpts from the poem the chocolate soldier. This is the last one. It says, In this moment called life, in this moment called life, God gives me the opportunity to decide where I will live after I have died. And He gave me the opportunity to take as much with me to where I am going. So we have got a great responsibility. Not in the Amazon only, wherever we are situated. We 
have to be the salt. We have to be the light. I'm finished. I started with something. How much was the deaths today? Can you remember? 62,000. Am I right? The deaths now is 70,000 today. It's 8,000 people died in a matter of 35 minutes. 8,000 people on the face of this earth died. You know what Jesus said in the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount? He said, Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are that finds it. Narrow is the gate and small is the way that leads to everlasting life. And few there are that find it. The majority of the 8,000 people that died in 35 minutes as I was speaking is now burning in the flames of hell. not trying to scare you. I'm saying that we've got the responsibility. Werner is coming up and as he's coming up, I just want to close with this. Oswald Chambers was a man of God and he said something in one of his books, My Utmost for His Highest. It's a daily devotional book. He said something, if the lost die in their sin and goes to hell, it will not be their fault. It will be the Christian's fault. It's a big, it's a big thing that he said. It's not from the Bible, it was a man's words. But there's a lot of truth in it. If the lost dies in their sin and go to hell, it will not be their fault. It will be the fault of the Christians. We have got a great responsibility. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you so much, Glenn. And family for your willingness to go and share the gospel and let's be honest live out our vision and values of bringing the unchurched into a relationship with Jesus and to see them found in God formed in community and fruitful in this world and may we be inspired that we live our lives in a way that does that too let's pray over you and send you home we'll pray for the family afterwards we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord, for inspiring us, for telling us, Lord, uh, just what our responsibility is in taking care of things on this planet, Father God, for the responsibility you gave us to go out and make disciples of all nations. For nations. Father, I ask you that this week we might go out and be the salt of the earth, to be the light of this world. Lord, to take up our responsibility and do what you have called us to do. Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for the opportunities we will have to share you with the lost and dying world. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glenn, will you and your family come up, and then we can pray over you guys. Are the children at the churches? Well, we'll pray over you in, in proxy. <laughs> I'll ask Paul to pray for these guys. Um, I just got the message now that um, our brother Robin, has he left? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you just get the message? Eh? Is she okay? Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I remember Glenn at the national rallies when they were in CMA. He used to come around to our tents and serenade us. 
And uh, you had such a heart to, to reach out, and, and your heart wasn't here. It, it was somewhere else. And there was that aching to get there. Um, but obviously it began somewhere where God called you um, into an unfamiliar place. Um, and he's taken you completely out of your comfort zone that you can't rely on what you relied on before. You can't rely on that anymore and you rely on the Holy Spirit to, to guide and to lead you. And uh, we honor you today um, as a family. A great sacrifice, but um, the rewards are where moth and robbers and rust uh, can't break in and steal. Your rewards are with him. And so we honor you. Just let's stretch out your hands uh, to them. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this family, this precious family that have been called. And, and, and Lord, it's not about glory and splendor and, Lord, this uh, massive church scene with all the prosperity that goes with it. Lord, that's a false gospel. Lord, you also haven't called us to poverty, but you've called us to obedience. And that's the main thing. And I, I thank you for this precious couple that have laid their lives down with their children. And I thank you, Lord, that even when Glenn and his wife are gone, the legacy remains that his children will continue. Their children will continue in this path. And so, Father, I pray for supernatural and divine protection over their lives as they come and as they go. I pray many souls be added to them because of their sacrifice. It's not in vain. You might not realize and receive your reward now, but it is waiting for you, folk. Um, it's waiting for you. Nothing will be shortchanged at the beamer seat of Christ when you stand before the master to receive rewards for obedience in his service. And so, Lord, we thank you for your hand of protection over them and over these precious children. Use them for the extension of your kingdom. And I thank you that many other souls that have been sitting here have also been pricked and touched into their, the deepest parts of their hearts that they would be stirred to do more than what they're busy doing, all of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your attention. May you have a wonderful Sunday.